Investment, wise investment pays, as economist Professor Nick Gruen insists. Here he is attending a conference at the Opera House. So we've published three studies now of intellectual assets in Australia. One is the public health research network data linkage, which enables us to ask questions like, did a particular health intervention lower the incidence of hepatitis or something like that? That particular activity generates around $16 for every dollar spent on it. What that means is that the government, if it stopped funding it, would actually lose money by not funding it because if $16 accrues to the Australian economy, government gets about 30% of that. So that's one example. Another example is Oscope. Oscope does something which the moment you hear about it, I didn't know it was done, the moment you hear about it you think, yeah, of course we should do that. They run a whole bunch of things to do with Australia's geology. One of them is a core sample library. So if you're looking for gold or oil, you can go and consult the core samples of people who've been there before. That information is massively valuable and it has a similar kind of benefit to cost ratio. The other thing we've just looked at is the Australian Bureau of Statistics census. Guess how much money that costs every five years? Oh, millions. Not, not the Bureau, but the census. Million, millions indeed. $500 million. How can you possibly justify that? Well, by being worth about six times as much. So all that data enables us to make decisions about where to put a supermarket, where to put a medical service and so on just a little bit better and the amount of investment in the economy and the amount of money that we put into those systems is so great that if we do that one or two percent more efficiently we've made our money back as well so we're in a data rich world but i think our imaginations are still while we play on our smartphones and prove we're in a data rich world we think of what money can buy in terms of cars and houses and things like that but the main message is that these sorts of examples of what you suggest based on data and the census being one of them, they pay for themselves and maybe the leanest one is six times what the investment costs. That's right. That's our best guesstimate. You'd be crazy not to do them. That doesn't mean we can't do some of them better. Oh, yeah, sure. It doesn't the, mean... the thing is, however, there's always a kind of niggle and people go public about not wanting to fill in their census That's forms. Right. Right. How many are there of those nigglers? because my impression is it's a very small minority. Yeah, I think that that's right. I'm afraid this won't make me popular, but I'm a what have the Romans ever done for us kind of guy. And of course, the Romans came up with the idea of a census. And we all understand that if we want a government, we have to pay taxes or so, of course, we also quietly cross our fingers behind our back and hope that someone else will pay those taxes but we get the idea and if we want a government we want the government to be informed and we have to fund the collection of that information we have to give some of our information ourselves. What about the commons and I talk about the commons thinking of the United States where you have private wealth and public squalor mm. you only have to look at the roads in some places yeah. and other things that have been neglected in the public area. How can you persuade people that the commons, things we all enjoy, going back to that public park, they're valuable and worth keeping? 
Well, I think the way you persuade them, most people are pretty reasonable if they're not being revved up by the media and politicians and Facebook and so on. But I think you talk about these things. And this, this whole thing about private affluence, public squalor, is a very important issue in knowledge itself, because knowledge itself is a kind of always a public good or a potential public good. And then there are public goods within knowledge areas. So let me give you an example. If you're a public company, the need to get your accounts audited is a public good. It's legislated and the idea is that your accounts represent reality. But what we do is we muck it all up by saying that companies can appoint their own auditors. What do you think that's going to encourage? So even in the world of ideas, we have private affluence, which is auditors and accountants getting extremely rich to address the needs of an individual corporation. But these systems have publicness in them. Accounts are no good unless they're compatible with other accounts. And we have public squalor there because we don't treat that seriously enough. Finally, how much do you think people should be comfortable about giving their details, as has been instituted in the last year or so, onto the net, onto the uh, public system that uh, then has those figures available freely so that doctors can do their stuff? Well, I guess I think they should think of themselves as lying on some pavement unconscious with doctors wondering what allergies they might have. And they might like to think of what is the worst that can happen. We should certainly criminalise behaviour of any insurance company that takes that into account in insuring you. We haven't done that. So there are things to be done, but the value of having high quality treatment of data is very, very large. Nicholas Gruen is CEO of Lateral Economics, based in Melbourne, the science show on RN.